Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Utah Jazz are back at it tonight. The road trip continues in Indiana against the Pacers. I always look at the Pacers and think they're kind of jazz east. They've been pretty good. When they are down, they are down for long. It's hard for them to get to the very top. They have been to one finals, lost it. Jazz have been to two finals. And they've been in the second round of the conference finals a lot. Well run, smaller market, colder city, but still pretty good teams. Ought to be a good game tonight. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk some basketball with Joe Ingles coming up later this hour. He joined us at the very end of the show yesterday. So we got Joe Ingles coming up about 6.35. Coming up next, football. College football playoff with Lincoln Kennedy. What does he think about the Pac-12 and how things shake up after after Oregon lost at Arizona State? We'll get to Lincoln Kennedy next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk a little college football with Lincoln Kennedy, our Pac-12 network analyst. He also works as a Raider analyst. He joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, guys. Well, the Ducks cooped it. They messed it up for everybody, yeah. so... I told we'll you, man. You have three consecutive days of rain in the valley. Something yeah. weird is going to happen, and sure enough, the Ducks. Herbert didn't look good, and Jaden yeah. Daniels looked great, and now we've got. Which the thing that really bothers me about this, and and good on the Devils. I'm an ASU grad, so it was fun to see right. and all that stuff. But the thing that bothers me is that now. A hundred miles away, while they were kicking a crap out of Arizona, Utah takes a hit. I don't like that. I agree. I totally agree. But you know, we've been talking about this for you know quite some time uh, with the Ducks and the Utes in the same position or similar positions. That it was imperative that both of these 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 organizations or these schools went out, um, and mainly because any loss was going to damper the euphoria or the thought towards the Pac-12. Um, of course, with Oregon being the favorite, with their only loss at the, at the point coming from Auburn, and we see how such high regard, for whatever reason, um, the, the committee and the national standard has put Auburn, um, we, we've seen that. And it's disappointing because I think Utah is a tremendous team. They're, they're a wonderful team that no one knows about. And and for the the reason why the Pac-12 has been on sort of the outside looking in for the last couple of years is because it hasn't heard, it hasn't earned the right unanimously to be visualized and thought of as a perennial powerhouse or a national powerhouse because one thing they haven't taken care of business in their bowl game so this is a setback now it's not an impossible setback but here's what's going to happen the way the way I see it go down. I still think, you know, well, Oregon and Utah are going to face each other in, in the Pac-12 championship. That's not, that's not a big deal. Um, but at the same point, if, if Utah wins, 
you'll have those naysayers on the outside, those pundits that will say, well, Alabama's you know lost to the premier school. If Alabama wins out, obviously, um, you know Alabama's loss to LSU is far more greater than Utah's loss to USC. Because look at where USC is. Even though it's by name, it should be up there by winning percentage. It's not. So it's really unfortunate. I totally agree with you. The Utes loss big time um, um, by that loss for Oregon. So do you think the Pac-12? image sinks the Utes or do you think that given the fact they're going to be playing on ABC at 530, lots of people are going to be able to see them. They're right in the middle of this debate. Oklahoma, Utah, Georgia, Alabama, all these one-loss teams, Minnesota and Baylor too. Um, that people will see them and if they see the defense put together another performance like what we just saw against Auburn, which before that we saw against UCLA, which a lot of the country got to see because of the broadcast spot they got there, do you think the, right. the eyeball test will give the youth a boost because the defense is just smothering people? Yes, I do. But then you also have to take in consideration the quality of competition and where they're at. You see what I'm saying? Because I think at this particular junction, it's not so much a how the team that we're referring to does in a situation. It's also how the team they're facing played this season. You see what I'm saying? As far as quality of opponent goes. You, does that make sense? Yeah, Colorado's 5-6, and six, and it'll be easy for, uh, you know, Feinbaum to sit back there and say, well, Colorado's not even bowl eligible, so what? I mean, exactly. That's the kind of thing he'll say. I mean, after he went after Oregon's AD, <laughs> I figure at this point he'll say anything. Well, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, people like Feinbaum that's got a national syndicated show. He's also on, you know, the, the Big Four Network and everything else left and right. He's always making the case for Alabama, as grand as they are. I mean, I swear that he's got a check com- incoming from Alabama just to say, just talk us up as much as possible. And in this position, you know, in, in this particular day and age where you have social media, you have so many people who are turning to the TV and, and radio to get their sort of insight or to get their information, that's, that's worked into Alabama's hands. So I think this is a big deal between uh, playing eight conference games and, and nine for the Pac-12. You look at since the conference expanded, there's been zero teams have gone through undefeated. Oregon was the last remaining hope. Oregon is the last team to go undefeated, and that was the year before when they were just 10 in 2010. And then since that time, there's been six SEC teams who have gone through undefeated and likely going to be LSU this season, which should be seven. You think the Pac-12 should stay status quo or maybe make a reduction in one game in conference play? No, I appreciate the fact that the Pac-12 has nine conference games. I appreciate that because I believe in the quality of this conference. I don't believe this conference is as top-heavy as other conferences are. And I've made this argument on my radio show and various apparatus that, that I could. When you take a look at the SEC East, for example, you've got Alabama and Auburn, and you've got LSU this year. In the past, it's mainly been Alabama. And on, on, on the, the, I mean, the west side, that's the west side of the SEC, but the east side, when you talk about it, it's the, it's the usual suspects. Florida has just become somewhat relevant. Georgia, over the last few years, has been relevant. Other than that, who are we talking about? Tennessee's been down. South Carolina's been down. You know, the list goes on and on. I believe that they are top-heavy conferences, just like the Big Ten, just like the Big 12, everything else. But in the Pac-12, you could say what you want about the, the quality of football as you might describe it, but on any given day, one of these teams can go down. Any of these teams can go down. 
coming into this, you know, coming into the season, Washington and Oregon and Stanford were projected as the favorites. Look at where Stanford and Washington are, and look at the losses that they had. And you can't tell me that this is not a quality conference. I believe in parity. I believe in competition. I believe that anybody is vulnerable on any day. And and when you have schools and and organizations like that, it. It, to me, it's better for college sports, the parity in general. You don't want to have one dominant forever. The, the, we're living off the past when you talk about Alabama because I think a lot of people agree this Alabama team, for where it is right now, is not as good as past Alabama teams that we've seen. So why do they deserve to be in the conversation for the playoff picture? Because it's Nick and it's Alabama. I mean, that's... Well, that's, and see, here's the thing. This is the problem with the current playoff picture. They have, I mean, the playoff the standard. They haven't gotten it right. You're living off of past information just so based on that comment because it's Alabama. Well, what does that have to do with it, the, the here and now? It should be about the here and now. Who's good right now, right here, rather than who's good in the past and who's good at what we've seen. So I think the other argument for the Pac-12 to go to eight, and I don't think it'll happen, but if you look at the bids that have been handed out over five years, there have been 20 bids. And if you're playing nine games and a conference title game, that puts a lot of pressure and stress on you. Two-thirds of the bids have gone to the, the leagues that play eight, which was the Big Ten originally, and then they switched and went to nine, and they haven't had a team in the last couple of years. And also right. Notre Dame went in one year. They didn't have to play a conference title game, so they avoided that. And most of them have fallen the way of the SEC and the ACC. It's been the, big, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the Big Ten since they've gone to nine that are the teams are getting squeezed out. If you play a ninth league game, there's a there's a bias built into this. I mean, on August fifteenth, yeah. before you play a game, it's already an uphill battle for Utah or for Oklahoma. And look who's being pitted against each other. It's the teams that are playing nine conference games and a conference title game on top of that. You make a valuable argument. There's no doubt about it. Um, ultimately, the problem becomes at this time of the year. And, and I've, I've discussed this with my partner on the radio show. It's the money grab. The truth of the matter is that if the people who are making these decisions had their way, they would have premier names, premier schools all involved in the playoff because they know it's going to be the greatest money grab, the greatest money intake that they could have. And I'm not, you know, unfortunately for where we are in even today's society, let's face it, as much as I love the program, Utah is not a bigger money grab than, say, Texas, USC, or Notre Dame. It's not. And so when you become talking about the conversation, even when you're talking about Alabama, if you, if you were to look at the possibility of the big four right now, you would have Ohio State, you would have Clemson, you would have LSU, you would have Alabama or Georgia, possibly Oklahoma. Those are money grabs. Because they have been relevant over the last five, six, seven years, last decade, those are money grabs. Because they know they're going to have a big fall and they know they're going to have a big draw, and that's what comes into view. And I promise you, with the committee that's sitting there, they're not looking at the X's and O's. They're not looking at, you know, who won and quality of opponent uh, as much as they're looking at, well, how can we get the most money out of this, pop, this, this top four? And who is going to be that top four? And that, those are the names they're looking for. Well, I guess that's the inherent bias that I got baked in sitting here in Utah is I'm looking at Utah and Alabama and Oklahoma, and I'm not looking at Minnesota and Baylor. And they have a chance to be 12-1 conference champs, but they're not in the discussion. 
No, they're not in the discussion. And that's, and that's the problem. So when you talk about the X's and O's, those universities should be in the conversation, but they're not. If Minnesota beats Ohio State in the Big Ten, in the, in the Big Ten Championship, I promise you, Minnesota's not getting in. <laughs> that's not going to happen. And I think you guys agree with me. It's not going to happen. If, if Baylor, you know, it, it gets some, finds itself in, in the Big 12 championship, and I haven't, you know, looked at the nuances of that, but if they if they find themselves in the Big 12 championship and they, and they win, they're not getting in. It's hard to argue with you looking at where the rankings sitting now. We're wondering if the, if the youth can jump over a team or two. Maybe they get some help along the way. You know, if Georgia loses, then they don't have to jump you over You know, them. Georgia loses to LSU. Mm-hmm. And the youths are in it. The youths take care of business in the Pac-12 championship. I think they deserve, I would say, I would argue they deserve to be in. But I don't know if they look as glamorous as possibility of Alabama sitting outside. I've said all this season there was only one team that I thought in my mind they had, could have one loss and get into, uh, into the playoff hunt, and that was Alabama, based on past, uh, you know, past achievements. So you, assuming Georgia does lose, because I think if Georgia wins out, we would agree that they would earn their way in, and then the four would be Georgia, LSU, uh, Ohio State, and Clemson most likely. Yeah. So assuming right. that Georgia does get beat, LSU does beat them, and that opens up a fourth spot, you like, in, in my mind, the three contenders then, assuming everything plays out, is would be Utah, Alabama, and Oklahoma. I think that there would be pressure to put in Oklahoma, assuming that they're the big te- uh, win the Big uh, Twelve. Uh, do you, but you like Alabama over Oklahoma in that scenario? Yeah, because because the loss, the loss comes. You know, Alabama's loss comes to LSU. Oklahoma's right. loss comes to Kansas State. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So quality of loss. You know, we're not talking about quality of opponent because let's look at it. If you take, and this is what drives me absolutely bonkers, guys, if you take a look at Alabama's schedule from top to bottom, you can't honestly tell me with all, with, with, with all your passion that they really had a tough schedule. The toughest opponent they played was LSU. Yeah, that's why I think Nick Saban was out there saying, that Auburn is better than anybody Utah has played because he's trying to Certainly. line up that we've Absolutely. got a quality win, assuming they go out and win the game. Right. And for all purposes, in all intents and purposes, even without two, I still think Alabama's a better team than Auburn. And, and for the life of me, I can't understand why so many people are in love with Auburn. I don't see it. Yeah, well, They've we- got their holes just like any other team, and their holes have been exploited by teams that were better than them. Yeah, and then then it gets tricky when you try to say beating Oregon is a better quality win than beating Auburn when Auburn beat Oregon. So then it ends up right. being a sloppy mess. Yeah, and this is this is the conundrum that we find ourselves in at this particular junction every single year because they do not allow as many teams as they need to into the playoffs. Look, for what it's worth, no matter how it's defined and how you get there, I honestly believe that conference championships are worth something. It should be, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't care about the record. Conference championships are worth something. If you're going to tell me that you have a Power 5 conference throughout the nation 
and you can argue whether the American or USA should be in there, maybe possible six. If you're going to tell me that a Power Five conference is worth something, for the teams that win those conference championships, they deserve an opportunity to play in the national, I mean, not the national football league, in the, in the national championship race. I guess the one argument would be you can come through a division that's kind of soft and have three losses and make it to the conference title game. And he just dropped, so he's not going to be able to respond to this, but you can. And then win that one conference title game, and you shouldn't get in. But that's not really – that's a, a separate argument from what we're looking at this year. Well, it depends on how many teams you allow in. If you allow eight in, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm looking at, okay with it if you allow six. But what we're looking at this year is where you're going to leave out a 12-1 and conference champ. Yeah, and that's a, there's a problem to that. Right. With Lincoln that, Lincoln just dropped real quick. The the thing we were talking about with the conference champions, you know, if you are a three or four loss team, but you come through an easy division, that's you know, the, a conference is just imbalanced, and then you you get one big game, you pull the the upset. I get why some people would argue against that as far as conference champions being rewarded with a spot in the playoff. But this year, we're looking at the possibility of five teams that are either 12-1 and or 13-0. and That conference championship should always be worth something. And you might look at Minnesota or Baylor and say no, but if they're 12-1 and in conference champ, or Utah 12-1 and and say no, but if they're 12-1 and in conference champ, you got to give them a shot. You know, all this seeding that's done, the, the, the one seed still hasn't won this playoff yet. I think the three seeds won it, or the two seed has won it three times. And a couple of times the four seed has won it. So once you're in, we got a track record here that says anything can happen. Well, here's what I say about that, the argument. If you let them in and they get smashed, then you, you see who's the true champion. But you never know. Because unlike baseball, basketball, hockey, any other sports, football is a single-game elimination. So if you rise to the occasion for that single game, and you win, then you prepare yourself next you know, for it. If you're not a better team and you get smashed, I'm not saying it makes for the best product, but I'm saying it, it shows the true creme of the creme. It shows the, creme that, the, the cream that rises to the top. Does that make sense? Yes, and you fans are hoping their team gets a chance to show that. You know, Give Kyle Whittingham three weeks to cook up something with that defense, maybe – Maybe they can do something that no one's been able to do with an LSU this year. Are you... and, and, and that's that's the brilliance because you just don't know until you face it. The fact that you have that much time forward to prepare, that much time to, to, to look forward to something, and the anticipation, you're hoping for a good game. But now here's the thing. On the other side, if you get smashed, if you're a Utah and Kyle Willingham, you, you get smashed, you had that time to prepare, then obviously LSU's a better team. You know, or whomever it is that you face in the playoff. But you never know until you actually give them a chance to play against the game. They can play the game. Well, Lincoln, we appreciate a few minutes. A lot of people around these parts debating this, talking about it, trying to figure out how to solve this conundrum. But five conference champs are unbeaten or one loss into four playoff spots. It's always going to be yeah. a problem. Although, as you that's point out, it's, it's, it's a money grab because now people in this part of the country who would never watch Auburn, Alabama, are now going to watch Auburn, Alabama because it could have right. such an impact on the youth. So it still comes right. back to the money. Certainly. Always about the money. Thank you, Lincoln. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. And happy holidays to you and your, your listeners. I uh, want everybody to have a safe holiday, uh, safe uh, turkey day, most importantly because the weather's coming through. So be safe traveling wherever you guys got. you got to go. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
Same to you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. There's Lincoln Kennedy, college football insider, Pac-12 network analyst, and he's on the Raider radio games as well. He's all football all the time, and we hear from him each and every week. We also hear from Joe Ingles. Joe's usually here on Thursdays. But with the Thanksgiving holiday and games Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he joined us at the end of the show yesterday. So we will hear from him coming up next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Utah Jazz are back in action tonight in Indiana. Joe Ingles joins us every week, usually on Thursdays. But that's a holiday. We are not working on Thursday. You won't be up. We won't be here. And they're playing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So he joined us right at the end of the show yesterday. So we'll talk about Indiana tomorrow, but that game's tonight. But you get the point. Here's Joe Ingles with PK and I on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. (laughs) With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe Ingles joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease your handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Joe, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? We are doing well. We are doing well. So, before we get into all the basketball and that, it's, uh, it's Thanksgiving. People here are looking forward to the holiday, the long weekend. People watch a lot of football and a lot of jazz basketball. Now, we've already been over this. The NFL and college football don't really do it for you. You're more an Aussie rules football kind of guy. Have you gotten into the Thanksgiving holiday now or not really? Uh, not really. No. It's going to take a while. Extend, oh, <laughs> it's going to take a while before you absorb all our American holidays. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just um, not. I don't know. It's not how we, how I obviously how I grew up. We've we've got the some holidays that are the same. Um, when I played in Europe, I would go to like one of my American teammates' houses sometimes. Um, and for me, it was just like kind of eating like a Christmas dinner again um, or earlier. Um, and then I guess the only thing that has changed a little bit is our, our nanny is American and she's very into the holidays that you guys have. Um, so Renee, being Renee, um, tries to help her enjoy it because she's uh, away from her family and stuff with us. So, um, we have done it before. Um, obviously, we're away this week, but um, yeah, it's not a huge... 
I'm not like losing sleep over how excited I am for Thanksgiving. Is there anything in Australia that equates to it? Not really. No. What What are your big Australian holidays? Um, we have Australia Day, which is obviously a wonderful day. What day is it? January what, what? 26th. January 26th. I knew you were going to come and think I didn't know when it was, and I do know when it is. <laughs> um, is that Independence uh, Day? Is that Independence Day, kind of like our 4th of July? Yeah, when we were kind of founded. Yeah, um, okay. We don't have a movie, Men in Black, about ours, but... Um, and we have another one, Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas, which... Um, it's kind of like it's probably my favorite. You um, basically have all the leftover food and stuff from Christmas, and everyone. So you go to whoever's house for Christmas. The next day, Boxing Day, you go to someone else's house and kind of eat all the leftover food. It's basically a continuation of Christmas. Um, there's a big uh, cricket cricket match on Australia versus someone which is always uh, usually when Australia was really good at cricket kind of one of the best games to watch but um, yeah it's just kind of I guess it extends Christmas in a short version of what it does or what it is so uh, Thanksgiving not being that big for you obviously because of your Australian background how about the Americans on the team how much do they like actually or dislike having to be away because you guys are going to be on the road this whole week. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it sucks. <laughs> um, uh, sacrifice playing in the NBA. There's a lot of stuff we miss, and um, me obviously being from another country. There's a lot of stuff I miss from back home with with friends and and family. Um, Yes, the good thing is they could fly their family out if they wanted to or needed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still, I mean, it still sucks kind of thing. It's just one of those things you uh, you have to sacrifice. Joe Ingles joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, we got a lot of f- feedback from Jazz fans after the Milwaukee game. You know, everybody watches the same game, but everybody sees it, you know, 10 or 20 different ways, depending on what they're looking for and what they're watching for. But I'm curious, aside from breaking any of it down, how you felt after the game? Because I think there is a consensus that you lost, and obviously losing is bad, and yet at the same time, they thought the way the offense worked, maybe the chemistry's getting better and guys are getting into a flow. Certainly the team shot the three pretty well, and so it felt a little different offensively, so they're encouraged by that. I wonder how much you come away encouraged, discouraged, based on the way the team played and the result. Um, I guess it's a it's a tough one. I think I think you um, there was little signs here and there and um, uh, of us kind of playing a bit better or, or whatever. But the um, loss is a loss kind of thing. Um, obviously, like I, I kind of say all the time, we'll we'll take some good stuff, we'll find some some bad stuff, and we'll obviously fix it and try and work it out for, for the next game. But um, yeah, just the the way the, that we played. Um, I mean, having Tony Bradley in there to to start the last couple of games and the the way he's played has has been unreal. He's um, probably waited and maybe who knows waited maybe a little bit too long for an opportunity, depending on um, the guys we've brought in and stuff. But obviously, the situation with with a couple of injuries, he's got to start and he's 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 proved that he he can play in this league and. 
Um, so he, he's been huge. It's been it's been really cool for our team to to see that because we, like I've said a lot to, as well, we obviously see him every day and see the work he puts in, and um, he, he's a really good basketball player. And so for us to see him play really well and and playing really well against good good competition too. Um, but at the end of the day, we we still lost the game, so we've we got to figure some things out. Um, even if we won, we we would be saying the same thing. But yeah, we'll we'll go in today, um, this morning, and have a have a little practice, and and then head off to to Indiana, and um, yeah, obviously try and get another win there. So I think collectively this is the probably the best game the bench has played, and it seems like all the guys were so active and so aggressive in the mindset, you included, and Yang, and obviously Moutier and, and Green. Uh, what's it going to take to be able to have that effort from the bench consistently? Um, I think it's, yeah. I mean, the more we, the more we play together, the more... Uh... We are going to get used to each other, and um, and that's just not the bench, but the starters and the me coming first off the bench or whoever it is. So um, the the more we play, the, the the more comfortable we're going to get. I think we, like you said, the, and maybe last night kind of looked and felt a little bit better, but I think the last few games you, you start to get a feel of each other a bit more. And like I said before, with with what other guys. Their tendencies, what they want to do, um, where they're looking, where they're just just a lot of things that when you play against someone you don't, um, I guess, get to see um, or, or do. So, um, yeah, I think we 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 were confident. We 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 try to be aggressive and as that kind of second unit, and uh, we we obviously making some shots helps as well, but. Um, yeah, like I said, still a lot to improve on, and we'll we'll watch it today and, and figure it out. You know, there's some stuff, and maybe you shouldn't talk about it because we're getting too deep into it and you don't want to, but there's some stuff I think, um, you know, you've referenced before, you know, you're not shooting the ball the way you want to. You're certainly not shooting it the way you have the past few years. And I was talking to people who said, well, he's not getting the shots where he gets them, those corner threes. He's just deadly, but they're not leaving him right now. He's not open there very often, and so the team's doing other stuff because of that. And in that Milwaukee game, there was a, you, were in, you were in transition. It wasn't a true two-on-one or anything like that, but you kind of beat them up the floor, and you got open, and Bogdanovich tried to throw you the ball, and it got batted out of bounds. And his frustration over not getting you that open three – uh, it was totally visible on TV, and it makes me think. That I guess that's one of the things you're talking about—the little things you guys have to iron out. Because his frustration made me think. Well, this is a point of emphasis. He knows that's a good shot for you. You're not getting it very often. He just couldn't get the ball past that last defender. Yeah, it's, um, I remember remember the play, and um, uh, I think, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I would. I would hope that my teammates aren't overthinking um, trying to get me the ball or trying to um, I, I, obviously you guys know me I just want to I'm going to play the game and let it come to me and try and get a feel for the game and um, obviously I, I haven't been shooting um, well this year I've, I've been figuring kind of that out on the fly of um my role and, and how I can be aggressive and how I can obviously help the team win at the end of the day. Um, the the last thing I want is the other guys on the team to be um, 
not worried, I guess, but um, focused or over-focusing on, on me or trying to get me the ball. Um, I know Mike, Mike has, has made a little bit of a point of, of his when I come in with um, him at the start. He, he tries to run something for me in the last couple of games early and um, last night he ran a play that we used to run last year all the time and I got a shot. I think it was the first shot I got. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's it's obviously it's great that I've got great, great. Um, but I definitely don't want them overthinking um, trying to get me the ball or trying to get me a sample of, like you said, where I've had lots of shots kind of previously in previous years or whatever. Um, but it is nice that you have teammates and like you said, Brown was frustrated with that. I think if that was anyone else, if that was Quinn Snyder in the corner ready to shoot, he would have been frustrated passing it to him. So if he, if he hadn't got it to him, so um, Brown's a, a competitor and I think just just him not being able to kind of complete that pass was was frustrating enough. Based on your experience in all the teams and all the leagues you've played in, how long does it take, you speak of that overthinking, before it no longer is overthinking, everybody's in sync and it just flows together naturally? Man, I got, it's, a, it's a tough one because I guess um, as boring as the answer is, you just don't really know. Um, I think... With obviously, like we've talked about, with the turnover of, of personnel that we had, um, it was always going to always going to take time. Um, you can, uh, I think, the guys we've got and the way we play makes it easier. Um, but you just, I mean, you're figuring stuff out all year. I think yeah, even the last two games we we haven't really played with Tony. But like if we were in this amazing rhythm and then and Rudy and Ed are out and now Tony's in, it's it's different again because Tony's completely different to what Ed and what Rudy are. Um, so yeah, I think you, I think you're constantly learning. I think what we had, what the benefit, what we had, kind of last year or two, two years, and probably even a bit longer, two and a bit years, um, with just that consistency of, of personnel and. Um, there was a lot of injuries too, so we were constantly kind of bringing in new guys. I think kind of that by the end year, and we were, we were in a really good rhythm because we we'd been together for so long. Um, but I mean, it's really it's really hard to put a, a time on it because you just don't know. I think it's just going to naturally evolve, and um, obviously, you want it to happen sooner than later because. Uh, you don't want to get to the end of the year and still trying to work things out um, to, to that depth. Um, you, want, you want to have that stuff pretty pretty well down by the time the playoffs come around. So I'm curious at the end of the game, um, there was a quick comment. Uh, he didn't spend a lot of time on it, but he kind of mentioned it in passing. Um, Quinn Snyder said, you know, in the last possession, I'd like to go a little quicker, maybe in a chance to extend the game, get extra possessions and all that stuff. Um, and then I heard Donovan say, yeah, I didn't go quick because I was trying to see if I could get it to uh, Boyan as he slipped the screen, which I'm of the opinion the way Boyan is shooting, if you can get him a pressure shot in the last two minutes, yeah, why the heck wouldn't you do that? Um, are those the kind of small things and those decisions have to be made, you know, in an instant. Are those the kind of small yeah. things that you got to work out over time? Which thing to prioritize in the crunch when it's one key possession? Yeah, um, I think we, we've definitely talked about some things, and um, I guess it's tough. You can at training camp; it's hard to 
And even in games, too, it's hard to simulate last minute, last 30 seconds, um, up five, down five. There's so many different situations that you're in um, or could potentially be in um, that you just don't have time to... We're not going to sit there for four or five hours and go through every situation of 10 seconds, five seconds, up one, down one. Um, We've got plays and different actions for those times um, for certain things, and if we want to get a three or a two or what we're looking for, sometimes it's, it depends personally uh, on, on the personnel. Um, but yeah, it's those things that you're going to keep figuring out, I guess, on the way because you, you, the only, I mean, the best way to simulate it is obviously in a game. And um, like you said, it's such a quick, it's a half a second um, and you've got to be able to make the right play. And if you do, maybe you win more games than not. If you don't, maybe you still lose the game, but you've made the right play. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really tough one. You obviously... And that's why you, you watch film and we, we do what we do kind of on days like this when you've, you've played a game. We, we go there and we work on some things and maybe the last 10 minutes or something, we're, we're doing our kind of breakdown or whatever of um, a, a situation or a play or because of last night and... and with those comments of, of, of Donovan and stuff, we might go through stuff like that today just to, now that we've experienced it and um, we obviously lost the game, so there's there's things to work on. We could go there and, and have a look at it and work on it and, and obviously you don't want it to happen again, so get it get it as good as you can so when you're in that situation again, you can um, obviously hopefully succeed with it. How close were you the other night of actually chucking the ball at the other guy? <laughs> <laughs> We were just talking about this the other day, uh, yesterday on the plane. Um, I was I was ready to throw. I <laughs> he dropped it and I grabbed it and I like put it like kind of put my arm backwards or whatever. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Put my arm back to throw it. Right. As I did that, I was like, "Yo, where the hell did the ball go?" And I was, <laughs> Donovan had it. Donovan, Donovan was really funny because he came over and he was like, as he grabbed it, he was like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> um, but no, I was I was throwing the ball. I was ready to throw. <laughs> a tight spot. I was more than happy to take a technical foul. Okay. It seems like like in the moment you get into it, other guys, but and maybe it's like just and. Australian good nature or something, it seems like you just shake stuff off and you're not actually mad at guys long-term, even if you want to say something or do something during the game. But I'm wondering, all these guys you get into it, when you see them again, are they still mad at you about whatever happened last year or two years ago? Or do you basically, they all let it go to and you guys are laughing about it the next time you see each other? Um, I've probably had a few, <laughs> I guess a few on both sides. Um, I've had guys that come up to you right after the game and, and just enjoy um, the, the competitive side of, of wanting to win a game and um, you're both obviously out there doing whatever you can to win the game so it's, I mean like I've said before, it's, for me it's never personal it's never, I, I never go into a game intending to do anything um, sometimes things, well probably a lot of times things, <laughs> things do happen Um I mean, I got a technical last night. It was, it, it was what it was, and for me, it's I wake up, or not even wake up. I get to the the siren goes off, and I've forgotten about it. Or five minutes after the play, I've already forgotten about it. 
Um, some guys are different. Um, I'm sure there's a few guys around the league that, that don't like me. Um, definitely, definitely not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, but yeah, it is for me. It's it's just part part of me playing and a part of me trying to win a game. And um, if they're going to lose sleep over thinking about me, then good on them. <laughs> well, Joe, since this is Thanksgiving week, and we know it's not a big deal, give for- me something. Uh, yeah, well, I'm going to give you what the best that I can give you. I wanted to sincerely thank you for coming on all these years. You don't have to do it, but we really appreciate it, and we look forward to, to it every week, and I know the fans do. So in all sincerity, I just wanted to thank you for doing it. I appreciate it. And like I've said before, I obviously thoroughly enjoy it. As silly as you two old men are, <laughs> it's... It's something that no, I, I like you said. I, I do really enjoy it. I, I enjoy chatting to you guys. Um, you guys make it obviously very, very easy to come on. And um, I think the coolest thing about it is just that uh, the regular, the regular average Joe, um, which is pretty much me, just doesn't really get to see what what it's really like, what our lifestyle is like, the, 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 what the coach is really saying, or, or whatever the little thing that we can we can try and help with and um, if we can try and help that and give the fans a, a bit more and what they deserve and um, I'm here to do it. So I'm, I'm glad it's been a fun, bloody hell, what, five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of Thursday mornings. <laughs> I've, wasted, I've wasted a lot of time with you guys. More to come. You know, you know, it's funny, though, Joe, because you are willing to step beyond the cliche. And I mean, we talk a little basketball, but you talk about the other stuff, too. And it, it's been like six or eight months now. But the end of last season, we were talking about how you never have summer. And one uh, and a jazz fan just brought that up with me last week, and they love that you talk about that kind of stuff because it's a little thing. But they were thinking, I really love summer, and Joe doesn't really get those eighty-eight degree days very often. He's just his life is winter. So you know, you, you connect with people like that, and it's it's awesome that you take the time to do it because a lot of people don't want to. You want some uh, you want some breaking news then? Yeah. There's a very very. I'm not going to say hundred percent because I don't would never want to do that because there's a chance that I do, but um, we're, we're probably going to stay in Utah this summer, more than likely. Um, one, for the kids' school, and um, I don't know who saw Renee's Instagram post yesterday, but Jacob's been doing unbelievable in, in his therapy here and loves where he goes, so that's obviously a, a big reason. Um, Miller actually loves her school as well, which if you if anyone has kids and your kids love your school, it's um, a very good thing and you're not trying to move anytime soon um, and just for the four of us really to, to have a summer to enjoy it and um, I'll have Olympics so we'll have to go back at some point for, for training camp but as much time as we can we're gonna we're gonna stay in Utah this this summer so that'll be fun all right well thank you Joe and happy Thanksgiving even if it doesn't mean a lot to you <laughs> appreciate you too and everyone else out there There's Joe Ingles. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines, BYU and Kansas, the Jazz back in action tonight. Stay with us.